Welcome to the ASMR Sounds podcast, and I am joined by Callum Walker. Yes, as always. Well, not as always. I've no. actually not been on many episodes lately, but that's because time and tide. Time yeah. is a river flowing. Oh, it's also, I've just been busy, in it? Aye, that's it, mate. So this is episode 72. 72. 72. Going off the back of three, no, yeah, three interviews in one album episode, actually doing two a week now. Yeah, like, just I, only, I only seem to be on the album episodes, I don't really make a lot of the interviews. I was no. on the, I was obviously on the uh, Praetors interview, yeah. but... Uh, if you watch the video back, you might not be able to tell I'm there because no. of the cropping. <laughs> it's, I'm off. I'm off screen ninety percent of the time. Which um, is, just, gonna, I don't mind it too much. I'm gonna nudge myself up slightly. Um, I I think. Oh, come on, nudge myself back down. Sorry, we're we're professional now. We'd be doing audio uh, stuff in that right talk. Hello. We did organise this beforehand, but I'm just. Being, He's paranoid. I am. I am. I'm saying Colin, Colin Black Sabbath. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. You know, Ozzy um, Osbourne bit the head off a bat on stage, man. There's a man in where I'm from that bit head off a pigeon and died. Was, does he, was he not the one who drank petrol? No, that was a different guy. Oh, I thought these were all the same person. Uh, I t- would like to clarify that the guy that drank petrol, I, I don't have any recollection of this this is just something my dad's told me oh and he's pointed I swear he's pointed it out on one occasion so it might actually not be true and it might be my dad spinning yarns as he does but 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 spinning yarns by the way yeah Um, if you watch ripping yarns that's a good ripping yarns that's what I mean it's good isn't it Uh, but more importantly more importantly sir we're doing XO by Elliot Smith today. This is a Callum Walker episode. Callum Walker episode. Also, uh, on the note of the interviews, uh, the interviews, because of the nature of them being on Skype, do actually work quite well with it being like one person and but then all of the band being on different computers. It makes the video come out a lot better. It doesn't really affect the audio. Yeah. Yeah. It should be, um, should be all right. Yeah. But um, I'm excited for this episode because... I've said it once, I've said it uh, a thousand times. I like the episodes where I get to just listen to an album that I don't know. Yeah, this is it's an album I, I, I do know. Yeah, I, do know. I, I like noise, it's awful. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't really spend much time listening to Elliot Smith. Um, he's dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, Elliot Smith, very, <laughs> very good, very, very good musician. This is one of those albums that I, I really enjoyed the listening for because there's a lot you can read about. And I've said it, I think I've said it before, I quite like to uh, read other people's thoughts and just kind of reviews from the time, modern reviews. I like to look at a lot about an album when I'm listening to it, yeah. especially for the first time. And if it's an album like this that's kind of a, a classic as opposed to a new album. Uh, and this album was very interesting to do that too. And I would like to kind of start, so we're going to do this typical thing. We're going to get into the background of the album top of Elliot Smith as a whole for a bit yeah let me let me go off on that one but before that I am <laughs> going to intentionally play devil's advocate to you a bit here oh at points because yeah, sure. I'm going to coax out better answers from you sometimes and stuff thanks thanks for that I'm not saying you don't give good answers but I'm going to like force information my chat you. not good enough no it's not that it's just that we'll get more in-depth like people, discussion that way people listen to the podcast for your good looks and my boyish charm yeah exactly and mostly my good looks I found yeah, yeah, that's because only, that's only because you've been on more episodes than me. That's because my fucking. You've podcast. never been on. You've never not been on an episode. It's my I feel podcast. like I feel like the split between us. It's my podcast. <laughs> right, so we're gonna get HR involved. Elliot Smith died in 
2003. The year we were born. He died in October, didn't he? Yes, it was October 22nd. Before we talk about his 22nd? death. 22nd? Yeah, 22nd. 20th, I would. Was it well, it's it's like, I'd like two. to talk about him generally before we talk about his death. His death actually does play a big part in the, the music because one, the subject matter, but also like, I, you've got to admit, not us necessarily, but there are a lot of people whose his death plays a big part in their opinions of the music. Yeah. You get that with everyone, don't get me wrong. But like, you know, his death's relevant. But I want to talk about him as a whole first because uh, his band was before. Yeah. It was before he was just So Smith. before he went off solo, he was in a band called Heat Miser. Who were actually very good. They're very good. Yeah. They weren't very big. No. Like outside of the local scene, which was... Oh, I can't remember which. It's the same place that... Can we uh, find out for you? Same place Modest Mouse are from. It is. Like, uh, same city. It's technically, it's Midwest team. <laughs> yeah, but then, then by that, like, you want to do that one of my favourite artists, technically Modest Mouse or Midwest team. No, no, I, this is, that is my justification for disputing Midwest Emo's existence. Just the fact it's sad music from the American Midwest. I'd be sad too if I lived in the American <laughs> Midwest. Like, um, there's nothing going on Oregon, there. Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Specific. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you the names of everyone that's in the band. You've got, uh, obviously, Elliot Smith. You've got Neil Gust, uh, Brant Peterson, and Tony Lash. <laughs> they call me, you know what I mean, because I'm on the Lash. Woo! Woo! Rum Sodomy and the Lash. That will be an episode coming up. That will be, that an, will be an Oh, episode. spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, I love the pugs. Speaking but of spoilers, yeah. a bit of a side tangent. Uh, this episode, uh, what is happening today... Mm. Uh, by the time this episode's out this will be like happened a few days ago but it's the Doctor Who's 60th anniversary today oh really yeah On so that is uh, the 25th of November 2023 Saturday Saturday yep damn that's crazy 25th of November Doctor Who 60 years he said spoilers because uh, I was thinking River Song yeah River Song yeah. mate I love Doctor Who man yeah. uh, you know what I feel like Doctor Who I was very into it as a kid and I never really at no point in my kind of past no no reason for this but past like 13 14 i never really watched it no reason other than that i stopped watching telly <laughs> like it was uh, the only thing i watched on telly and then the writing got shit and i feel mm. really bad for jodie whitaker because she was yeah. actually a decent doctor it's the fact that chris chibnall's a god-awful writer yeah you know, i mean i always preferred he always, he always wrote the worst like the worst episodes i can't even remember what ones he wrote but they were like he wrote the one with like the sun possesses the people yeah i always preferred well, you see, when I was younger, I used to get this magazine and it had um, DVDs of them, all the seasons in it. Now, The Sixth Doctor's my favourite. We spoke about this hundreds of times. You want uh, a jelly bean? What? Do you want a jelly bean? My favourite bit is the fourth Doctor. Is it the fourth one? Tom yeah, Baker is the fourth Doctor. Oh, yes. That's crazy. You do, sick you're one. talking to a Doctor Who expert over here. Virgin. <coughs> um, I'll have you know. There's one way he gives. Uh, what's it? Davros, the Dalek guy. There's he's one way he's in the, the, the chair. He's like, do you want a jelly bean? I love Dan Ross. Shout Cyberman as well. Like. Yeah, oh, it's Cyberman, they're called. Have you ever watched oh, no, the, they literally are. Do you know the plastic guys? I yeah. The mannequins. Have you ever watched the original one of them where there's like this big glowing ball and whenever someone's got the ball, they all go for him for some reason. Like the entire episode is just kind of, it starts Being this guy at a farm. Potato. With a, it's like, do you know Merid- Meridia? Is that what called? Her beacon off Skyrim. Yeah. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. This, is, this is like the, the- Really nerdy. I, I think- I'm I meant to be like cool. <laughs> can, I can feel your virginity growing back right now, man. <laughs> oh, my, oh, mom. <laughs> <laughs> for clarification, for clarification, that was a, that was a joke. That was a I joke. I don't think you need to elaborate on that. Um, yeah. Okay, but uh, the Doctor Who, 60th anniversary, unrelated to the podcast. I just love Doctor out, Who. Shout out Doctor Who. 
and I'm not watching it today because I'm going. Knock. I'm watching it with other people. Knock knock. Uh, who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? Uh, this guy. That's this guy. Podcast this, is, this is what causes the podcast to fall apart. It is. Yeah. Like I'm gonna kill you. <sighs> Good luck. Well, back to back to what we back were talking about. Smith and back Heatmiser. to Elliot Smith and uh, Heat Miser. Am I right in thinking is Heat Miser the one that covered Revolution? They had a cover. Of, so, they've actually re-released uh, a bunch of like demos, mm-hmm. like stuff off cassettes that weren't available. That's pretty cool. Like this year, they, they released it this year. That's, so it's important that though because the Beatles play a very big influence in the way that Elliot Smith writes oh, yeah. melodies and things. And I think it's it's interesting because. Elliot Smith is an example of someone that's influenced by a band very significantly, like the Beatles. But you wouldn't, if you're not listening out for it, I don't think you'd know. No, you wouldn't. I mean, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, some songs you would, but I'm, like. I was going to say, I, I did say this to you without knowing that fact, but like, it, the music isn't like the Beatles. No. Like, at all. Oh, it was more like if, like, you know, Paul McCartney wanted to kill himself. Yeah. I mean, I think the comparisons for what his music is like is kind of like Sufjan Stevens would be the main one for me. Oh, it was... Uh, compare them. Sufjan like, Stevens was probably actually quite heavily influenced by... Oh, yeah. You, yeah, that would make sense because, you know... They sound the exact same. Yeah. And well, they're both... I mean, we've, both we've talked about Sufjan Stevens on this podcast before obviously like that was a that was a long time ago now but like in some capacity we will talk about him by the end of the year yes yes, he brought an album this year very very good album I have given it a listen now we'll talk about that later still don't think I prefer it over over uh, Illinois but that's big boots to fill that's my favourite album of all Mm -hmm. time that's what I'm like with a lot of things besides the point Elliot Elliot Smith yeah Elliot Smith after for a while Heat Miser were on the go for, for like till like 1996 yeah. I think 94 to 96 so they went on the go for a while but mm-hmm. like you know they were just playing like you know basement shows stuff yeah. like that and then he started his solo sort of songwriting career and he produced five of the greatest albums of all time mm, you're a big fan I'm an incredibly big fan of so Elliot Smith how long have you been listening to Elliot Smith? probably about a year and a half now That's, yeah you actually have it's kind of mad He's very like uh, I have I've got at least two of his albums on vinyl because they're very difficult at least to find. Two. They're very difficult you have to two. find. I have two. Yeah, okay, have okay, two. okay, Mister Fucking Grammar in the corner there. Call me Grammarly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like that sometimes on this podcast. So you. we're talking about um, EXO today. His uh, I want to say third uh, album. I think so yeah, I think this was came off the tail end after uh, either or, mm-hmm. which is probably his. Best? I think either or is the album that people know most. Doing my research for it, there was very few reviews that didn't speci- and few discussions where people didn't specifically point out either or, which is kind of mad. No, oh, this is his fourth album. Mm, there you go. A lot of people point out. I always either forget or. about Roman Candle, which was his first album that he released. Mm. So was sure. it that one? Then Elliot Smith. That one self-titled. Oh, was Elliot Smith like a later one? No, the self-titled was like the second you one. You just said sure. self-titled and I fully didn't comprehend that that was Elliot Smith. Self-titled, either or, <laughs> EXO, figure eight, oh, and then uh, Basement on a Hill, but Basement yeah. on a Hill was not released That's, in his lifetime. No, it wasn't. That was the one he was working on when he... When he, when he, when he died. Was, yeah, because it's important. Well, use the phrase died. Yeah, it's important. Well, we, we can explain the situation a little bit because it's just relevant yeah. but before we say that uh, towards the end he's always struggled with he's he always struggled with like 
drinking and drugs and stuff. And, and uh, health and stuff. See, like towards that. the end of his life, he had a phase of believing he was getting chased constantly. Uh, and he used to get dropped off an hour away from the studio to record because he thought people were following him. And he was convinced that there was a white van following him around. So, like, you know. Yeah. The man struggled. He wasn't, he wasn't a very well person. No. It quite obviously translates to a lot of his work. But I think because of that, a lot of people do relate to it. Mm. Like, I think that the context enhances the music in this instance. I mean, yeah, he's a very, he's always been, like, it's always been more or less a staple mm-hmm. of all his music. It's one of the reasons I became quite fond of him, is mainly for the fact that there is that sense of relatability as someone mm. who has in the past struggled with their own mental health. So it was it was nice to have that sort of, like, there is a relatability to it. It's like, words I couldn't originally put that, like, put into words. Mm-hmm having them like written out there yeah in very good song form i might add mm. very he takes a lot of quite interesting musical like choices a lot of double tracking and the vocals and stuff like that mm-hmm. which he's just got a very good voice mm. the voice of a fucking angel man compositionally i find that this album's quite uh, interesting as well because it, it likes to bounce between the very very simple uh, and go kind of to the more rocky cuts but I, I I do find that a lot of his songs are actually done in a way that I when I record guitar music I like there's a few songs in here that we'll get to a bit later where it definitely it sounds like he's wrote a song on guitar and then kind of played guitar over it loads and layered it like that which is how I I mean we're working on a song at the minute for our band yes that the guitar in it I literally played one thing and then just kept playing like loads over it until I liked what it sounded like so I, I like that it's very well made um and also, yeah, I think lyrics are definitely... He's definitely a man that... I feel it's, it gets you in your feels, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, a lot of it's very raw. Yeah, it is. I like that a lot of his... I think I, I've brought this in my notes, and we'll get to it later, but I do like that he doesn't... A lot of his lyrics are very effortless in a good way. It doesn't come off as he sat and penned down certain lyrics as opposed to it's just what he felt, which I really like. I think that really emphasises the emotion because... On your first listen, and without other context, I feel like you definitely not quite get how harrowing this album is, and all of his music. I've I've listened to a few of his albums as kind yeah. of preparation. The, the the music, like his albums, I don't think this is his best, mm. and it's not my favourite, but it's an amazing album, mm-hmm. which I think is sort of a testament to how good a musician he is. My favourite album is obviously Figure Eight. Like that's just it's it's an amazing album, mm. but it's just a bit too long to do on the podcast. Wait, the current to be fair. We thought it was longer. Yeah, it and has more songs. Yeah, but that's why we're doing this is because we thought it was like, that was like an hour and a half. But also this album was probably like released at sort of the peak of his fame, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in well, a bit. It, well, I think we can talk about that now actually, because... Oh, uh, he was always pretty underground. Yeah. For like, uh, he, was, he was well known, but like in, t- in the extent that like people knew him like... He was like he was quickly acclaimed among a very small group of people. Yeah, and then uh, it was he. He sort of rose to like mainstream sort of success. His only real mainstream success uh, with the release of the film Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. which he wrote a song in the soundtrack for, which is Miss Misery. And on deluxe editions of this album and all that, it's put on this album. But mm-hmm. it originally was just on the. It was originally just put on, like, the soundtrack. And that's kind of what brought him to... Well, he played at the Oscars. Yeah, he did. It's kind of crazy. Which is another parallel with Sufjan Stevens, because mm. because of Call Me By Your Name, he was also on the stage with his guitar going like... It's, it's, they're, all, they're the same person, man. The same person. <laughs> um, it's fascinating, though, uh, that 
him. Ah, no, I heard that. It's, it's we. Sorry, we're recording this with headphones on. Well, as we say, we're progressively upgrading the quality of this two we've got, mics. We've got two mic stands as well. Oh yeah, we didn't have two stands last time. Two mic stands. Yeah, I was having to hold it the entire time last time. It was, uh, it was a bit, bit more pleasant. This no, time. next year there's going to be things that I'm hoping to. Mate, we're gonna have screens up on this window, mate. Like a triple, triple display. <laughs> have like um, subway surfers playing on one. Oh my god! So I don't like trail off. <laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought. For fuck's sake. Uh, we were talking about the Oscars. Yeah, the Oscars. Sufjan Stevens and Elliot Smith. It, I don't. Elliot Smith is very fascinating. He was. He's an interesting person to even just read up about. Mm. He was very. I mean, he had a very rough childhood, which is actually reflected on some songs, uh, on this on this album specifically. Yeah. Uh, the actual t- title track, I think. Yeah. Because technically it's got two names, but yeah. the title track is... I've called about, it the title track. ...about his, basically, his mother, like the, his abusive stepfather mm-hmm. and his mother and all that. And, I mean, we, there's demos out of that song and he's changed lyrics because it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's very, very good album. Yeah, so it's safe to say you like it. Yeah, but that's just because Elliot Smith. I really, really like Elliot Smith. If you didn't really, couldn't already I, tell. I know. So. I, know. Um, I enjoy listening to this album. Um, going into it, I did. I knew maybe three Elliot Smith songs. Yeah. None of. In fact, no. I knew. Um, I knew the title track off this, uh, and I knew "Needle in the Hair." Definitely. Yeah, which was uh, also in a film, but like it was way after he died. Yeah. Um, I really I thought it was very interesting uh, I definitely felt like one thing that is very interesting with this album is so it's a very effective album at what it does right to put it bluntly and remove emotion from it it's quite a simple and effective album for what it is being a sad boy depressive album don't refer to the sad boy things and you lump it in with like Dread. TV girl <laughs> no but the, Elliot Smith is an artistically credible artist yeah yeah yep enough said fuck TV uh, girl <laughs> um, no but it is like sad it's very depressive music uh, I, I, I like that it's not an overly embellished record no I like that it's very uh, but also it has a, it, disregarding the actual emotion of it it does have quite a nice sound it's very apart from the kind of acoustic bits and whatever it's just kind of nice to listen to there's a few a songs, songs that are, are insanely catchy as well mm. like Baby Britain is I like that it's just this nice sort of like mm. wa- almost walking bass line sort of thing yeah for a bit. Now, I've got notes but quite a lot of songs here yeah no uh, it's a, it's a very much substance yeah. like, there's a lot of substance um, to the album well, and we're say, bigger appreciators of st- uh, substance oh, yeah. of our style oh 100% there is actually a song on this that I don't like I'm not even going to bother guessing quite yet because I genuinely can't, won't be able to tell. Right, okay. Uh, shall I just... I don't even know how the best way of going about this is because notes-wise, I was listening to it and as a song came up, I was like, oh, I, I want to say this about this song. Um, side note, I hit a squat PR listening to this album today. Um, I don't know why I was listening to this while I was at the gym. Fact, you like, like shifting weight and that. Like, why was I doing that? I don't know. I went to the gym. I'm recovering because I was ill. Uh, so I'm going quite light, but I was squatting. Uh, and I, I basically was like, okay, I, I'm, I wanted to, this, no one cares enough. I wanted to hit legs. I was like, I'm just going to squat and that'll be that. I'll squat, a little bit of cardio, whatever. And I was going up and waiting. I was just listening to this album and it was like, this album was, I was really focused on it, which obviously helps. 
yeah so, yeah that was that was cool <laughs> that's just a, yeah very funny fact then yeah. that you just hit your pr to <laughs> probably like baby britain or something man i really like that so like, just sitting there like like moving like shifting like weight to yeah like pets a lot yeah it's really funny so uh do you think that if we kind of almost do the old style where we'll go through the tracks but i don't have something to say about every track so we if you want we could just look at it and i'll say the songs i've got something to say about if there's any i miss you can yeah is that all right right okay but so i mean the reason we changed the format was because there were some albums where we couldn't do that yeah they really had well but i, I think with albums like this i still couldn't yeah, we it, still can't. There's a lot of songs that I want to talk about. But yeah, there's stuff that we can say, the songs that we can say a lot about, and then some songs where it's like. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with that format is you spend, a, you really dig deep to the first few songs, and then you kind of but end yeah, up retreading like, old ground. Yeah. And it's an, anyway, yeah. So the first song, um, let me, let me. Right, so the first song, do you remember? It's a Adeline. It is a sweet Adeline. Uh, I really like it. It's a very tone city song. Um, and I, I, it actually brings up both aspects what you mean about it, it has that sort of like twee sort of yeah. like thing and then it goes into the whole like just wall of instruments yeah which I, I like which I think it's a nice sort of like set sets up what mm-hmm. the rest of the album uh, I was going to say this really does set up the sound and the tone for a lot of the rest of the project which I really like because it's not an overly dazzly sparkly album good it shouldn't be but I, I like that and the first song really does set up but I really enjoyed the first song actually the first time listening to it his voice is really kind of stark because it, it's very gentle but there is a you really you can almost tell as much from how he sings as you can from what he says oh, he, it's it's very like there's a certain like pain yeah. in a lot of the stuff he sings about which oh oh He's not there. crying. He's not there. No, I might, I might, we might, we might record me crying, especially when it gets later songs. But uh, it's his voice just has a certain like pain to it mm. through a lot of the stuff that he sings, and especially on later tracks. Like there are certain lines where it's like you can hear, like the genuine like heart. Oh yeah. Which takes one of my, it's one thing that was brilliant about this album is finding what might be my favorite song is the second track in the album because. See, when I have a song I like th- as much as Tomorrow Tomorrow, so early in the album, that puts you me in such a good mood. You know it's going to be. Because Tomorrow Tomorrow is absolutely, like, unbelievable. Uh, th- there's, like, that, this... <laughs> right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read out what I've put. So, I really like it. There's a lot of Beatles influence in this song, which is cool. Uh, it reminds you of, is it Rubber Soul? Yeah. That's, yeah, it, yeah kind, it's very kind of that era. That. But it, it's hard to explain because it doesn't sound like a Beatles song at all. It's just some of the melodies and stuff he does, but it works so well because it, it's an example, like I said this in the Hector Boys interview, I really like when someone can take an influence and turn it into their own thing, which he does really well do here. properly, yeah. Yeah, and um, there's also some, like, kind of... It is acoustic, but it it's like... He plays the guitar as if he's playing a psychedelic riff at some point, which I really like, and I love, like you said, the double tracking of his vocals, the layers of guitar. It's really fucking good. I really like Tomorrow Tomorrow. It's 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 no nowhere near my favourite song on the album, but it's I mean this entire album I think's and I don't think I personally don't think there's any bad songs on the album, but I mean I'm not you, so mm. we'll, we'll find that out soon enough. I'm excited for that because I feel like <laughs> I think I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've I've literally said here. I mean, with these songs, the elephant in the room is the depression like if you listen to the lyrics and if you pay any kind of attention beyond just hearing the song uh, it's sad uh, the lyric 
uh, I got static in my head. Yeah. Um, I love that fantastic. It's so simple. It's so to the point, but it works so well. And I think if you look at it in the context of an album that came out in nineteen ninety eight, was it? Yeah, ninety eight. Ninety eight. Because figure eight was two thousand. Yeah, it's fantastic. It doesn't sound as depressive as the album feels. Now, at this point in my listening, because I made my notes in stages. So my first listen, I wrote some notes. My second, I add to it. The first time I listened to it. I wrote that I don't this, I don't feel this way anymore. But the first time I listened to it, I wrote that I don't know if it's my exposure to like really blunt, sad music that I didn't get. Maybe the first time I listened to it, I didn't get the sadness from certain songs. That wore off on me. Yeah. But it's worth saying that um, if you are going, this isn't for everyone, right? Oh, God, no. I you have to be in a certain mood. Mm. Like, it's Hit not like, it's not like, cry sad music it is very much stare like at a wall curl up with a ball on the floor like don't cry you just, you just lie in yeah. there I think that's what I wanted to get across with that talking about too much right it's a fantastic song it's so this, I got stuck in my head I love that lyric I have this album on my wall it's really good but I, I feel like it's worth saying that this album isn't for everyone and there's a there well, Elliot Smith himself really isn't for everyone which is quite good that we both happen well I like music in general I know because I'm a freak but like and it, I'm a sad bastard yeah so like, it's quite good that we have crossovers like this because I'm glad that you showed me this or you got me into this uh, there is a reason that Elliot Smith is probably one of the most in the music scene, he is one of the most popular artists. People like adore this man. Like he's, but he's, he's, isn't, he's critically like, acclaimed. Oh, like, yeah. When people like Elliot Smith, they don't they just be like, him. oh, he's, he's queer. But, it's like, you you love Elliot Smith. But there is also, at the same time, there's a reason he has like, I think he's got three million monthly listeners, which is a lot, obviously. But there's a reason that usually artists this acclaimed are like tens of millions of people listening to them. He's not like that. He's very much a... You know, it's like there's a small group of people that listen, mm-hmm. relatively small group of people that listen to him, but they just yeah. they listen to him. I'm in, yeah. I'm in that, I'm yeah. in that group of people, and I feel like moving forwards, I am probably going to fall into that group of people. Yeah, you will, you will. Yeah. We need to get you on to get you on to like figure eight. Figure yeah, eight, figure eight's like well, I feel like albums all the time. Next year, we'll probably do another one of his albums. Right. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. The, the third track on this is one of the biggest... Is it the biggest song of this album? Yes, yes it is. It's uh, the title track, Waltz 2, in bracket, EXO. It's... Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I think this is might actually be the, one of the first times I've ever been able to say this on the podcast, but this is actually strangely widely regarded as one of the best songs ever written. And... Like, you, you'd be... No, like... I know that that's like a not an unfair You'd be surprised how many people completely re- will refuse anything other than this is one of the saddest and greatest songs ever. Like, it's mad. It, 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 well, I think it is, though. I no, agree. I, I think it might have been like one of the, the best sad songs ever written. I couldn't put too much stock into that yet because I'm still... Like, I've not known this album. I've not listened to this for long, right? But, it's just... It's there's just bits of the song it has that whole like the piano comes in mm-hmm. and the whole thing is the, the background behind the song is it's about his abusive stepfather and his mother mm. and him having to deal with that growing up yeah and there's like certain lines where it's like the whole like I've got one it's the, the, the bit where it's like it almost sounds like he's trying to reassure the listener like I'm okay with the whole like I'm glad my memory's remote because I'm doing just fine hour to hour note to note there's a lyric in this song that I think is really so crazy there's a line that yeah there's no yeah. you go because it might be the same one yeah it might be if it is then fair play my man uh, I'm never gonna know you now 
but I'm going to love you anyhow. It was the whole thing is his mum basically would not open up in any way, shape or form, yeah. but it's like, again, it also has that whole thing where like, love's unconditional. I think that one of the things that plays to this song's strongest points is that without, you don't need to think about what the song is about and you can apply that to something. Yeah. Like, that is applicable to so many contexts. And then there's just the line with the whole bit, like, ha- like at a random point, there's like a bridge halfway through and it's the whole thing where he's like, I'm here today and I'm expected to stay on and on and on yeah. and on. And as he keeps saying it, it just becomes more, like, pained. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he finishes with, like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, like, as, as someone who has struggled with mental health in the past, it is that sort of, like you're expected to keep going and you're only really like keep going out of nearly a necessity to other people yeah it's like, um I think I think it's the perfect time because we never discussed his death earlier yeah but uh, yeah now is a good time Elliot Smith died of multiple stab wounds mm. which there's a lot of debate whether they were self-inflicted or his girlfriend murdered them but I think the reason it's like that it's still like up, not really up for debate too much because I think if you listen to his music, it's like he was going to kill himself eventually. Mm-hmm. Like he was not a, he, he didn't didn't really want to be here. And the the uh, the official or the the thing that his girlfriend said was that they had an argument, and she went for a shower, and he was banging on the door and screaming, and then he screamed in pain, and she came out and he had stabbed himself in the chest twice. Yeah. Uh, but there's a whole Suspicious we could talk for an hour about how mm. like there was some there was something fishy going on there oh, 100% but, I don't believe that but it's just I think with this it does encapsulate especially that line where it's like he he did not want to be here yeah, no. like, it's a- it, instead of like he, he put out his creative like sort of drive into the world and then like we knew, I think everybody knew he was eventually going to like yeah. off himself uh, eventually but it's, it's I don't even know how to say this. It's almost like an expected end to his story. Yeah. It's an awful way of putting it. It's kind of hard to explain what I mean. But it's like, it makes sense. Like, I feel like if you told someone at the time, they'd be like, yeah, nobody sense. like Nobody would, would, would be confused about that. If you listen to the bulk of his music, it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Mm. Like, it's rough. Mm. Yeah. Uh, with that being said... The next song, is the next song, the next song I want to talk about is Baby Britain. Which is a complete tonal shift. And I think it is really funny, the concept of the song is that America is Britain's baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid, I love it. <laughs> um, it's tonally a lot more kind of... It upbeat. sounds very Beatles yeah. um, I as actually, well. I'll <laughs> give it that, it sounds very Beatles. You know, this is the first time I ever described it. I don't know whether it's the, the tonal shift that made me think this, but I described the sound of this song as buoyant. The whole, yeah, it does. It's really, like, doom, 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 Yeah, doom, it's a really good doom, song. Doom, it's just... Doom, doom, doom. It doesn't feel... It's, it's, just a, it's one of my... I think it might be my favourite song. I it's had. just good to listen. I love that first lyric about, like, over the sea of vodka. It's after that whole bit, like, that has the first, like, half of the first verse, and then all the other instruments come in, yeah. apart from the, like, because the keyboard, it's just the keyboard, together, and then all the other instruments come in, and it's just, it just erupts. Yeah. And I think once you've listened to, basically, the waltz two just before it, and it transitions to this one, it's a nice bit of a palate cleanser from the whole, you know... Which is one thing that I, I think that this album is structured incredibly well because at the end it does this as well. We'll talk about it more specifically, but at the end you get a few tracks that sound a lot more upbeat, and then you get the last song. Yeah, um, 
But yeah, I like that. I, I also like uh, Pit. Is it Pitsella? Pitsella. Pitsella. I really like that song. Um, it it fits. It goes back to the whole like. It's this almost if really he's like begging song. for forgiveness really from someone. Song. I love his almost monotone delivery because it sounds so sorrowful. And the lyrics, the first time I saw you, I knew it would never last. I'm not half what I wish I was. I'm so angry, I don't think it'll ever pass. I was bad news for you just because I never meant to hurt you. There's no no filter there. Uh, he's it's just, just so destroying. It's awful. But it's, it's like he's not, he's not even begging for forgiveness. He's just acknowledging like, I knew this was going to end badly from the very beginning. It's really fucking good, though. Yeah. And I, I, you said you didn't think I'd like this song. I, I don't know. It's just, I didn't think you'd like this one. I I'm like, still perplexed what song you don't like, but we're going to, once we get to it, you can tell me. I'm, 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 I'm on the edge of my seat, and that's not just because <laughs> I need to get a good, like, uh, pick up on the microphone. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I really, I think uh, that might be my favorite, one of my favorite songs. Um, I, I, I like music that isn't, over, I like written music that's well written, of course, but I like bluntness as well. I mean, I like. I'm not going to bring up what I was going to say. I like music that's just blunt, right? Yeah. And this is an that is an incredibly blunt, <laughs> blunt lyric. Um, now we've got the song I don't like. I want to talk about Independence. Oh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I don't like it. They're I'm gonna. Th- it was this one. I thought it'd be one of the later ones in the album. I just find it quite. Annoying. I love a pain Independence I find the, Day. The bit where he keeps saying it really annoying. Oh my god. <laughs> this is that's not I was only expecting I really like this song mm. and it, it kind of is for the bit that you find really annoying yeah I get it I just think that it's I don't know I think it's just the, not key, the keyboard piece on this is, I do like the keyboard on this mm. I like the keyboard he's very I like I just that man they should have never given that man a keyboard I'd be <laughs> a lot happier if they didn't <laughs> um, oh no yeah that that's the one for me I'm afraid I'm afraid to say it well, you got any reasons apart from that why you don't like it I didn't write them. I can't remember. I'm not gonna lie. I, I just think you that can't deny that there, there are a lot of like, songs here. You can't deny it's a bad. It's not a bad song. There are a lot of songs here that I mean I don't hate. It. I just I would never listen to it. There's a lot of songs here that just when you're listening to an album that's got like 14 some songs in it, uh, there will always be songs that I don't gravitate towards as strongly. Yeah. No. And even I, I even... think it's just that this song, the the hook especially. The, the song didn't stand out to me apart from disliking the hook. Yeah, fair. But you've got... You've I mean, got every other it. album we've done, like, even ones that I've, like, br- like taken onto the show. Yeah. And, like... Well, every album has. Even... Like, the, like Boy in the Abstrap, I don't like, uh, uh, Space Boy Dream. Yeah. I mean, and look, the, one, of the, one of the other ones near the end I can never remember, and that's why. There's always going to be... There's very few albums you'll find where you like every single song as much as every other song. It's not a bad thing that I don't particularly like. I mean, I've, I still know how I'm rating this album. Oh, I, I know how I'm rating this album. We might have a bit of disagreement. Probably not. Could beat your death with a microphone. Right? <laughs> like that. Like, um, actually, the, the first Walt, Walt number one. I actually maybe even like it more than the second one. I do like. I don't it's think. I don't think really I like it. Really good. Walt, Walt's two is again. We've we've touched on it probably one of the best the yeah it's a great song as well i think the for whatever reason this song the first one hit me harder the first time yeah i think once it is it's still harrowing oh no yeah they're all so harrowing yeah no yeah like um, it's just it's ridiculous that they let that man do that yeah but with that being said amity is a bit weird because it's just kind of a rock song yeah i really really like it I actually like again really, a lot really of like a lot of songs it. where he gets a lot rockier 
it becomes incredibly apparent as Beatles sort of like oh yeah influences that being said the, the outro or the last kind of portion of the song is really fucking cinematic especially for when yeah. it came out yeah especially for him yeah like I'm just like they should never have given that on a guitar <laughs> and do you know what else is a really Beatlesy song um, a question mark a question mark's very good. I like the horns on it. It gives the yeah, album a little kind of bump. That's what I quite liked about it was just the horns. And again, he has some, again, incredible lyrics yeah. on this one. Yeah. Do you want to remember any off the top of your head? No. <laughs> Fair enough. It's I, just one of those, it's never, the latter half of EXO's not really parts like I've listened to at length. Like what other albums that he's done, I can quite, uh, like, like, yeah. fi- figure eight I know every song will figure eight back to back to front but that's yeah. because that album just sort of defined a portion of my life uh, but yeah the, he's a very good songwriter mm. I do uh, Blade White yeah very very good no, Blade White is pretty I like good, the I like the basically lyric flow mm-hmm. where it's like he has the sort of himself on the backing vocals as well as like interjecting in between lines that's really and it's just by the it way. sounds really Good. Having yourself as backing vocals requires a lot. Sound of, good. Yeah, no, it requires a lot of talent. Like um, the call and response thing on Blood White is, especially at the start, it's just, oh, he's such a good musician. <laughs> There's a reason he's one of my. He's probably one of, if not my favorite artist of all time. It's quite funny to me that there's this run at the end of songs that have a bit more of an upbeat kind of vibe, and then before we talk about the last song. I want to point out that you were asked by a lecturer what you think the best produced album. One of the, no, you're not the best. No, an album that you think is really, really no, well produced. No, it was produced. my favourite produced album. Okay. No, I'm not even going to diss you. I'm just going to sit. And, you know, I, I said, I think I said a death down a big crowd. Everyone was coming up. Was fun. Yeah, you said Nate Smith. The last song on this album is, amongst other things, it sounds, it is actually produced so well, if it came out today... I have complete faith that it would chart. Yeah. Like, this is this was actually the album that I said, and you all laughed at me. I'd no, like to clarify. I laughed because I was surprised. Yeah, and I got, the rest of them were laughing actually, because I didn't, la- I didn't laugh at you that much. No. I'm pretty sure I, I was one of the people The, really the other people did, but that's yeah. because they were naming albums where it's like, hey, well, this is really well produced because it has this and this. It's like, this is really well produced because he, like, with stuff like, Having himself as backing vocals, like no, this is a. I'd say it's this is an incredible. It's an incredibly well produced album, it's, and especially uh, I didn't understand because that song, amongst being one of the most soul-crushing pieces of music I've ever listened to, uh, is incredibly well produced, and it's such a well-crafted song. Like especially as an outro as well. Yeah, it just makes you want to cry, man. The entire album makes you want to cry. Yeah. It's a really good album. I'm quite. I, I, thank you for putting me onto this. This happens every time I, I, get, I bring an album in. Though this is like when we did Bell and Sebastian as yeah. well. But oh, the last song on any Elliot Smith album are always particularly harrowing. Like he's got at the end of Figure Eight, he's got Bye, which is mostly instrumental. Mm-hmm. But especially on Figure Eight, it, it actually hits quite hard with with that because it was technically the last song he released yeah. in his lifetime. That's kind of mad. But the thing is, at the end of, end of each album, they could, it could have been... Had the, had he died after like this album, that would just been like... Yeah. I think I think the fact he died was an incredibly good career move. Not to sound disrespectful. I have a lot of respect for the guy, believe me, he's my favourite. 
but stop laughing at me why would you say that oh, you know what I mean <laughs> no please he did, he did, he, like, I don't believe he killed himself no me neither but like I think because of that and the fact that like he was this musician who was like sad and sorrowful and just completely soul crushing and then he offed himself mm. or he died mm-hmm. it has this whole sort of like thing where it's like it makes it, it enhances, enhances the, music, the entire it? experience because like you're listening to basically the, the last cries for help of an incredibly unwell person. Yeah, I think context like that can can really enhance an album. Not a good thing, but like it really like uh, Javelin by Sofiane came out this year. The reason that's so impactful is the context of it. Yeah, there's a lot of music like that. You're very right, and his death is very important to understanding what makes it so painful and so beautiful. It's just I I, I don't know how he did it. Hmm. Like I don't know how anybody can just create something like that. Hmm. It, it it was big inspiration for me for like wanting to like do songwriting again because it's like he's just he doesn't mix his mince his words. Mm-hmm. He just he says it in such a blunt raw way, and he just makes it sound really good as well. Hmm. Like again, this is I've many a night I've spent listening to this album face down on the floor. He's definitely up there in terms of a songwriter with the like the people that I consider like you know like the Nick Caves and that, but you know them like really like, like artistically credible cunts. It's like they don't over like they're good. There's no yeah, I think they, just they, they don't, they don't have really to use good. verbose language. Yeah. It's like they can say something good. They can say something subtle as well sometimes. Yeah, but without having to pull out the fucking thesaurus yeah pretty much now with that being said I said that I didn't like um, Independence Day do you know what my favourite songs are yes I would so, love to Waltz 2 obviously Waltz 1 obviously uh, I didn't understand yeah fair Tomorrow Tomorrow you're naming half the album and uh, uh, Pit Pitsala Pitsala and my favourite song Pitsa- off of this Drogdy La I'm a Pitsala <laughs> <laughs> For anyone listening to this after it's released, if he's ended up in, if he's went to hospital anytime soon, it was me. Uh, you can show this in a court of law. If anything, you should be asking them to protect you. Yeah, I can I can fight my own battles. That's my that's my side voice. I've been working on it in the last week. Yeah, that's my side voice. But my favourite song off the album is Baby Britain. I didn't. How did I forget that? That's one of mine as well. That, but that's also probably one of my favourite songs that has besides like. Uh, like stuff like LA and stuff like that it's funny that the, the tonal shift of that song makes it stand out a lot yeah and it's really funny that the concept is that America's baby it's just, it's some of the lines are just really good it's the whole like London Bridge is safe and sound <laughs> it's good it's really good and also actually going back to that one the chorus it's just really it's the whole like for someone half as smart you'd be a work of art which yeah. is him just saying like I know that you're like you are going you are trouble yeah and but to anyone who do, like wouldn't think about that you'd seem perfect I knew you were trouble <laughs> is do you think if he was alive today Elliot Smith would be a Swifty mm he'd probably he'd probably run a right wing podcast He'd pull it. Oh, no, you do a Nick Cave type, but it's like he just gets involved in like. My favorite, weird. my thing with Nick Cave is that I t- 
take everything he does as just hatred. Like, <laughs> just, I, I think that he does a lot of things just out of how little right? he cares about people. Yeah, he's not a... He's I know that kind of summarises the, the thing that we're kind of referencing without saying anyways. Yeah. Okay. But um, it's really funny because everything, like Nick Cave went to the... Um, went to the coronation and then wrote a blog post about how shit it was. <laughs> just doesn't care, I love him. Oh, and he actually, on the subject in that cave, you should, this morning you sent me a track that I wasn't aware existed. Yeah. Why is there a cover that Nick Cave has done of Disco 2000 by Pulp? Mm-hmm. And why is it also really fucking good? It's called the Pub Rock remix. It's the, it's the, pub, it? rock, it's the pub Rock version. version yeah, it's of, really fucking It's actually, good. it's not even the Pub Rock version of the song, it's the Pub Rock version of his original cover. Yeah. But that's because his original cover was just very slow and like very much like his own music. And it's like, a, it's well, that one, it's as if they just took the backing track from the original one and just had them go like nuts. Nick Cave constantly covers great songs. Do you know um, Cosmic Dancer by T-Rex? Yes, yes. He's I covered do. that. I love T-Rex. I was dancing when I was... Tra- I love T-Rex as well. I I've love, got... Um, I love T-Rex. I've got one of the albums on vinyl. Is it the one with Cosmic Dancer on it? Was oh. it? Actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not going to lie, I don't think I did get that. I think that I bought um, a compilation one because I wanted... It had all the songs that I wanted on it. Like, that album's amazing. But I'm pretty sure at the time I was really into 20th Century Boy. And I was like, well, it's got that, but it's also got Cosmic Dancer and Get It On and, you know, all these. This is actually a really good circle back because Mark Bolin was also an artist who died way too young. Yeah, he was. Car crash, wasn't it? Yeah, car car accident. I actually asked my dad about it. And my dad was saying that it was weird because uh, my, my dad explained it, or whoever I was talking, I think it must be my dad, explained it as that everyone started to like T-Rex again after not liking them, and then he died in a car crash. Yeah, I mean, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I think because his life was cut so short, Elliot Smith has a near-perfect discography hmm. that's, like, even... People, people go on and on for hours in circles about different mixing options on Basement in a Hell because he wasn't the one supervising that. I still think it's an incredibly good album. Mm. There's some incredibly good songs in it. And I think it's, as a post, as far as posthumous albums go, it's it, it's still incredible. It's every single one of these albums, they all have a certain tone to them. Mm-hmm. And this one really seems to like focus mainly on like relationships between people not strictly like romantic or sexual but like even relationships between family mm-hmm. relationships to one's own like yeah home. just like relationships is a broad spectrum because uh, so like the self-titled was all about like addiction uh, either or seemed a bit more about like it did have a lot of addiction but then it was also about like actual like romantic relationships and stuff like that the first one was just Gut punch after gut punch, but mm. that was like the reason. And then Figure Eight's just this mixture of all of it, mm. which is why I think it's his best album. Like, he's not his best produced, but I think it's like it's my favorite. Mm. But this one, this one that's always between this and either or is like his best made album. Mm-hmm. This is a very good album. Um, no, I miss him. <laughs> Brackets. I, I never knew him. I think we would have been really good friends. Probably, yeah. No. Um, we could have got him on the pod <laughs> imagine man. so before we wrap up you got uh, two things in you first and foremost you never actually said it but we gave let's get it on a 6.7 which I now very much disagree with 
You want to put it on higher, don't you? What did we give it, though? What What did I give it? A 7? Yeah. And you gave it, like, a 6.5? Yeah, so, right, so 6.8. I'd say, right, okay, so I'll give it a... I'm, you can keep yours the same, but I want to change what I'd give it to a 7.5. So if we just agree so in just the middle, so just put a 7, yeah. yeah. Right, now we're going to give this album a rating, and I'll go first. Yeah, you uh, go first. I want to I wanna, I wanna hear this, I boy. Be, I think you'd be surprised. Yeah. I'm going to give it an... Mm, I'm going to give it... I'm feeling... Right, Exo by Elliot Smith. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna say oh it. Oh my god, the no, drum no. roll. You know how difficult that is. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. Hang on, let me th- think of the album. I'm gonna think of it. Like, I'm just gonna say a number. Right, EXO by Elliot Smith. I'm gonna give it an eight point nine. I would give it a nine point five. Oh, that's okay. So nine point three. Three. Yeah, we'll say nine point three. We'll round it up because. Hmm. I was gonna give it a nine until then. By the way, I was just. I'm trying to. I want to be a lot more fair does- with my rating. This make it one of our highest. What is our highest rated album? I think there's two tens. What are the two tens again? One of them's eligible, I'm pretty sure. Um, right, so tens. We've got um, Daughters, uh, by the New Jeans, the K pop group. Yeah. They've got a nine. Fucking hell. Uh, Hubba Johnson's a nine. Boy with the Arab Straps are ten. Daughters are ten. Yeah, what did we give Illinois? Um, ten. Okay, uh, so. Good News is a ten. The albums that we seem to rate the highest are always the ones that we introduce each other to. Yeah, it's kind of sick. Because I hadn't, I hadn't listened to Modest Mouse properly when we did Good News for People or Bad News. But that seems to be going because we always just, we pick albums that's like, this is one of my favourite albums mm-hmm. of all time. This isn't even one of my favourite albums. Of, well, it is, but it's not even my favourite of his discography as well. It's been a, I'm ha- I really enjoyed doing this episode. Gee. I enjoyed it too because it, it lets me talk about an artist that means a lot to yeah. me. Shout right. out, bro, man. Shout out, bro. Shout out people from, like, Portland, man. Yeah, not genuinely. So, I like, think... Portland has just produced, like, a bunch of, like, really good artists. You should go Something there. Something in the water like, there, man. Something in the water. Do you have anything else you like to add? Not particularly, apart from the fact that I urge every single person who listens to this episode, if you've not already listened to any Elliot Smith, go out and fucking do it by yeah, now no, it's, oh I mean unless you're like you know everything's okay in your life you never had a problem in your life no like not never been sad about anything <laughs> yeah um, uh, but but like if you've never had a problem with anything like that then I guess it won't hit as hard but as people who have went through quite a lot of different situations and stuff like that especially with like life and relationships and stuff it means it, it means something mm. like it actually you listen to it and it's like that's how I felt and I couldn't put that into words and just having that to listen to is like great mm. it's it, it you feel it, it's a representation it's like this is, doesn't just happen to you mm-hmm. it means a lot well said sir very uh, don't get me started I like smack up I'm like <laughs> my brother wax we've just done a podcast episode wax poetic man <laughs> start waxing so that's that that's, just that's that book. yeah right, so it took us long enough to do an Alex Smith album on, this will be out on Monday out on um, Monday Thursday's so, episode is going to be Biggie yes Goliath. I will not be on that episode no because I don't listen I've never listened to the album and it's not really my cup of tea mm. it's definitely a, a big shift from this uh, hopefully you'll have a couple more interviews coming out you've got some Christmas episodes planned we've got um, at the time this is out you still have an opportunity to buy yourself a, a ticket for the Nice and Sleazy's gig this will be your Tuesday. in the morning yeah if you listen to this on Monday um, Tuesday Glasgow Nice and Sleazy 28th Nice and Sleazy's 
four bands for seven pounds mm-hmm. a bargain may I add mm. uh, two of which have been on the show I two of which have been on the show I Obsession earlier this year I interviewed Hector Boys recently it's on YouTube and the episode's out it's done really well you've probably all listened to I've it I've never missed a Scarlet Obsession gig bar one time and that was a complicated situation so I've, I, I would say that there's a reason I keep going back and it's because they're very good mm-hmm. and Hector Boys I've also seen live Hector Boys before. are really good uh, shout out shout out all of them shout nice. out all I really like that episode shout out <laughs> Athol Brenda says hi because someone didn't mention it in the interview was I meant to say yeah you were meant to say that you didn't tell me that I did I did don't don't okay. don't get wide with me alright do you know who I am do you know I don't <laughs> I'm not entirely convinced that Athol knew that I knew Phil yeah well, well we know we, we are for no like I brought it up at one point I think he was like in the bit in between because the boys absolutely for, for context anybody who isn't up the lore on the on the mad sounds Philip is is my old flatmate he's a lovely boy you met because of me yes <laughs> a long a long time ago big big no he's a, he's a good friend he's a very good friend I left yeah. him for a year for a reason man but yep he's a friend of the podcast but if you are in Glasgow or going to be anywhere near Glasgow on Tuesday pop along good music We'll be there. That's mm. probably not a selling point. You've ever disagreed with any of my opinions? Because we'll just be there, like. Well, you'll be you'll be just cutting about, and I'll be cutting shapes. Drink, you'll, you'll be cut, you'll be cutting about. I'll be cutting shapes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but also, if you've ever disagreed with uh, any of my opinions on the podcast, yeah. you can come up. You can meet me, and we can fight to the death. Yeah, what I will uh, say on is the I'll street be there, so, uh, so so mind you, Tom. No, no, he's gonna he's he's gonna mediate. Like it's a fight to the death. Like that's how it works. Like, to the victor goes the spoils anyone who can beat me uh, in a fight to the death uh, gets to replace me on the podcast so <laughs> everyone's just going to stay away from you now <laughs> oh who doesn't want to be on the Mad Sounds podcast I, tell you, I don't even want to be here man I'm kidding on that, that note I'd like to clarify that was a joke my attorney has told me that that was uh, that was not something I should have said it's hamster in corner uh, so is he here I will love we, have, we, have a, we have a hamster in the studio it's my hamster it's Willoughby I clarify we don't have a studio what's your phone no, room, room yeah. <laughs> right. which you probably heard throughout this episode there's been a lot of cars going yeah, past has, which is mad because I, I don't live in a particularly busy street this is besides the point thank <laughs> you all for listening all the links to everything will be down below uh, hopefully some of you will come up to us at gig and be like I hate you and if you don't you know just know that you're a coward <laughs> yeah anyway go listen to Elliot Smith let us know Instagram post blah 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 thank you all for listening follow all accounts you know the usual bye bye goodbye